For those who prefer Linux or are simply curious about Linux and other open source technologies, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to episode number 266 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, October the 23rd, 2012. How are you? Nice to see you. And tonight we answer the age-old question, who is this Abigail Smith who keeps showing up in the credits of the show? Ladies and gentlemen, Hi. introducing Abigail Smith. I'm Abigail and how Category... Good, how are you doing? Good. Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into about anything. Myself. I know you, oh you're goodness. anxious to get through the checklist. I feel like this very, is an interview or something. So, so, tell me about yourself. Tell well, me, what do you do? What do I what do? What are your hobbies? If you could do five things in the next ten years, what would they be? No, seriously. <laughs> tell us a little bit um, about yourself. Welcome. Well, yeah. I'm a horseback rider. Um, yeah, I just finished college, so now I'm just kind of, you know, doing my own thing. Cool. But, uh, yeah. Nature, photography, all that fun stuff. So you're into photography? Yep. Cool. Yep. What kind of stuff do you shoot? Uh, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. Oh, okay. <laughs> still learning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit of Whatever. a, a, Nature, a tinkerer with regards to photography myself. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring up your bio here on our website, category5.tv. Uh, we are going to skip right to the end here and just kind of ask a couple of questions just to get to know you a little bit better. For one thing, okay, so you don't like spiders. Understood. That's why I brought out the tarantulas. Um, You tore a ligament. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, very You're a horseback rider, so of course. Yeah, you know. She was vaulting Olympic jumping, you know. Yeah, vaulting, doing all the fun stuff. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, It was in math class, actually, in grade nine. Um, The teacher's like, Abby, can you close the door? And I was like, okay. So I stood up, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm like... Fall down, yeah. In agony. (laughs) Yeah, my knee stood on it weird and just couldn't walk for like three days. So you know, ouch. How did the class react? They didn't really notice. They just kind of heard me like crash, and they're just kind of like, "What's going on?" But teens, yeah, so uncaring. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. I'm looking Thanks. forward to uh, the the Category Five community getting to know you. Of course, this uh, sure. this being Abigail's first time on the show, it's it's a new experience for you. But uh, we're very much a community oriented show, so uh, you can see the chat room. If you join us in the chat room, Category Five on Freenode, or go to our website, click on Interact at Category Five TV. You'll see the chat room there. Really important that you do so too, not just to show Abigail that you're here and that you're part of the community and that you're watching live. Uh, but also, we got some pretty cool stuff to give away tonight. We do. It's awesome. I'm actually pretty jealous. Yeah. And we are actually going to be giving some stuff away to the chat room. Woohoo! So join us. And of course, we got prizes for our Barry and surrounding area folks as well. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. What have we got coming up in the news? Abigail Smith. All right. Well, let me tell you. 
So coming up, um, the Pirate Bay has moved its servers to the cloud. Skype has radically reduced its battery usage for the upcoming release of Windows 8. A robot with four arms has performed heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And hail a taxi using your smartphone and find out about the driver's reputation before they pick you up. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's this? <laughs> we love getting your... Po- <laughs> Snap. We love getting your postcards here at Category 5 Technology TV. We got one from Holland, I believe it was, we this week. Yeah, Holland. Love receiving your postcards from all around the world. There it is. All right, so sorry for if I pronounce it wrong. but Hi, greetings from Kullenberg, Borg, a beautiful city lying in the center of Holland, my hometown. I'm a regular offline due to the broadcast times viewer and love the mix of fun and info. Keep up the good work with a smile. Uh-oh. Harry Van Wegen. You realize that reali- that means that we have to include info on tonight's oh, show. Oh, man. But I was enjoying myself. That was unfair, because <laughs> I told her before the show, all we're going to do is have fun tonight. So, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. I guess we're going to have to talk about Ubuntu. 12.10 came out on Thursday. Yes. But do we want to run it, or are we going to stick with Zorin OS? Version 6, Ultimate Edition. So, we're going to let you decide. We're going to install them side by side. And we're going to give each one a test. And Abigail, being, uh, have you ever used Linux? I have. A couple times. A few times, we yeah. You're a Windows user, user primarily? Pretty much. So I'm going to show you yeah. a couple of different current Linux distributions. We're going to look at Ubuntu, which is the, la- uh, it's the latest version of Ubuntu. Like I said, came out on Thursday. And then we've got Zorin OS, which came out a, a little while ago. But we're going to compare them and see what you think would be the ultimate in order to transition you from Microsoft Windows. Right. So my professional opinion. Then. Yeah. 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 You know. <laughs> it's kind of how it works. All right. Sounds good. If you'd like to send in your postcard, Abigail, sorry, I, I promised that I would pull that up on the screen. How can they send that in? All right. Well, there's Category 5 Technology TV, P.O. Box 29009, Barrie, Ontario, Canada, L4N7W7. Thanks, Abigail. And, of course, our mobile site is online at mcat5.tv. Bring that up on your mobile device. You'll be able to watch the show live if it's compatible. Uh, but certainly you'll be able to watch uh, past episodes and be able to uh, check out some of the stuff that's going on there. So mcat5.tv. We've got to take a really quick break, Abigail. And uh, when we come back, we're immediately going to start giving away stuff in the chat room. So get into the chat room. This is your final chance to get in before Drawbot sees who is in there. I'm just going to take a quick look at who's in the chat room. I do see guest 4841. Now, guest 4841, I'd like you to change your name. We encourage our viewers to, uh, to actually label themselves so that we have a way to know who you are and you know, it doesn't have to be your real name. Um, for example, Jot. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the reason I say that is because in order to participate in the prizes uh, in the giveaway, you have to have a name. Uh, so make sure you do that right now. Jot is there in the chat room explaining how you can do that. Uh, also, yeah, I see the instructions there. So give that a try. Okay, everybody get in the chat room. We're going to be right back after this with your prize draw. And uh, we'll see you and Drawbot on the other side. Talk to you in a sec. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. 
EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Hello to GWG, Gadget Wisdom Guru. Nice to see you in the chat room. Agamotto, Jot, Pablo joining us as well. Um, we've got another guest in there. Make sure you change your name. I want you to be able to participate in tonight's draw. What do we have for them tonight? Should I All tell right. them? Do you want to tell them? Do you want me All to right. tell them? Well, let's tease first what's coming up okay. for those of you who are in here in Barrie who were at our anniversary show. Let's pull up the uh, the big big All right. thing there. <laughs> the big from thing. TTE Sports is from ThermaltakeUSA.com. This is the new Draco headphones. Whoa, they can't even. S- Whoa, there, there we're we going go. off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there it is, folks. The ultimate pair of headphones, right there from TTE Sports. Can you see them? These are the red Draco headset. Uh, they are spectacular. The best set of headphones you will have ever owned. They're pretty cool. Not only do they really look cool, them. let's check out some of these specs. Now, this is what we're giving away a little later in the show, so you want to stick around. Let's see if I can find some specifications here. Frequency response, for those of you in the know, 10 hertz on the low end, 22K hertz on the high end. Oh, oh, oh. So we're going to be giving those away in a few minutes. Here you go. Now, today I had the privilege uh, of actually speaking with, uh, with Bill from ESET, uh, and uh, we were talking about some of the products and, and the changes uh, with, with ESET, the, the uh, endpoint security products for business and, and just spectacular software. Uh, I would encourage you to actually check out um, smartantivirus.ca. But in my conversation with Bill, who flew all the way up from California, unfortunately couldn't actually join us in the studio tonight, uh, but was, uh, was here chatting with us uh, in Barrie uh, this afternoon, uh, we actually were able to hook you up with free copies of ESET Nod32 Antivirus version 5 for your home computer. So if you have any systems that are running Microsoft Windows, this is, uh, this is a nice lightweight antivirus product. So we've got uh, some copies of this to give away. Want me to flash them? Yeah, well, just uh, not the back because that's got the serial key. But yeah. uh, here you go. There, there's what we have for you. So check out smartantivirus.ca for the download on ESET Nod32 Antivirus. These are the home product. We are going to give away five of these tonight for our home users. Here we go. Okay, Drawbot has gotten the names. Are you ready? Our mm-hmm. number count, 39 active. All right. And so... Our first winner is RF Bomb. RF Bomb, you are our first winner of a license for ESET Nod32 Antivirus version 5, home edition. Okay, next up. Here we go. A. Jameson, 5579, congratulations. You're our next winner. We've got three more of these to give away. And again... (laughs) Albert R., congratulations. You've also picked up a copy of ESET Nod32 Antivirus version 5. And ready? Shamak, or Sea Hammock, depending <laughs> on how you read it. You are our fourth winner, right? Am I counting yes. right? Yes. I was thinking that was fourth. Yeah. 
Drum roll, Congratulations. And D Hand also joining us in the chat room. Congratulations to you. You have picked up the final copy of ESET Nod32 Antivirus version 5. Okay, folks, if your name was called out tonight, all you have to do is pop us an email live at category5.tv. Tell us, hey, or whatever it is. Uh, just let us know that you were one of our winners uh, and what your username was. I'm going to actually email you back with your download instructions and the license key in order to install that on your Windows system. Congratulations, everybody. Stick around. We're going to give away those headphones a little bit later on. Uh, get your tickets, your ballots ready. Uh, Barry, Barry, folks, if you're at our anniversary show, hold on to those raffle tickets, okay? Um, and we're going <coughs> to we're gonna take care of that in just a little while. All right. What do you say we get into some viewer questions? Sure. All, All right. right. Okay, so our first question is from Two Redline. There's... Quite a few questions, so we'll just start with the first one. I have a D-Link DNS320 NAS that I have been using with Windows for a couple years now. I'm currently trying to use Ubuntu Studio Distro I installed and see if I can change my primary OS. 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 Operating system. Yeah. Short <laughs> I'm trying operating. not to laugh at my pronunciation here. All right. What do I have to do to create a mount point to this drive long term? I can currently browse to it via SMB colon dash dash DNS slash volume underscore one slash should i just it's keep reading good. okay so he's browsing <laughs> so browsing Nowhere through a link okay. um but want to access via <clears throat> media slash nas so i can save files wow easy. way to kick things off with a an awesome fs tab question okay so the, he's got this device that is a network attached storage that's what nas stands for okay it's a dns 320 d link device so i think that's a two drive unit that uh connects to his network you can throw a couple of two terabyte drives in there. It gives you a whole lot of space, and uh, and then you can access it through the internet or through the network, not the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, on your Windows systems, you go slash slash device name slash share name, and you would access it. So when he says he's going SMB colon slash slash device name slash share name, for example, that's how he's accessing the files on that network attached storage device. It's basically like a hard drive that's in your network as opposed to in your computer. Brilliant thing because you can access the data from any computer within your network, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I have, I don't have one of those devices. I do have a server though. So I'll just show Abigail and those of you at home what uh, kind of what it looks like here. So for me, for example, Abigail, I'm going to go smb colon slash slash 10.0.0.5. That's the IP address of my server. Mm -hmm. So then I've got category 5 as one of the shares. So here's a category 5 share, and this is kind of where I drop all the stuff for category 5. So if I want, you know, a copy of our logo, it's it's all here. Kind of master files, right? So that's my share on the server. That's how I get to it within Linux. but how do we actually get it on a mount point, which is basically to set it up as if it's a, an actual hard drive. So suppose I'm going to have to get into the terminal, get our, our roll up our sleeves a little bit, and <laughs> show you how this is done. Um, so I do appreciate the question. Let's see if I can do this in a, in a way that uh, translates well. I'm going to bring up my terminal here. And the reason I'm doing it through the terminal is because I do have to have super user access to do some of the things that I need to do. So I might as well use the terminal and I can use the sudo command rather than, say, opening a a super user Nautilus window, which can be dangerous. So in here, first of all, we need to create a mount point. So I'm going to go cd slash 
media. Okay, so the folder media already exists because that's where Linux generally puts some of your your mount points. Okay, so if I insert, <laughs> I don't know why floppy exists. That's amazing, <laughs> by the way. But you know there are floppy mount points. SDC one is one of my hard drives, for example. VirtualBox is where I store all my VirtualBox stuff on another drive. So for me, see what I could do is I could make dir and call this uh, media. Uh, what what was it that he wanted to call the NAS on the? Oh, he literally wanted to call it capital NAS. Now mm -hmm. if I hit enter, it's going to give me an error. Watch this. So you cannot create directory NAS permission denied. This is why I'm doing this in terminal because I want to be able to go sudo, which is super user do make dir NAS because I need to have super user access in order to create that folder. So now if I do an ls, which is to display the uh, the folder contents, you'll see that there's now a, ma a, a folder, which we're calling a mount point because we're actually going to use it as a mount point, that is called NAS. And feel free to interrupt me if anything doesn't make any sense because you're kind of, uh, you're, the, you're the person, the go-between yeah. to, to be able to say, whoa, okay, well, what is a <laughs> mount point, right? Because I know you're thinking that. Yeah, I, I don't know what a mount point is. Think about on your Windows system, you've got a C drive yeah. and a D drive, and yeah. maybe you've got an E drive or whatever. We used to have A drives. That's where the floppy comes in. Um, so think of D as being a mount point. Okay. On Linux, though, it works a little bit differently because I can create a folder and I can call that whatever I want and I can make that my CD drive. I could make a folder called Crazy Disk and I could mount my CD drive to that. So now anytime I open Crazy Disk, it's actually my CD drive. Mm -hmm. So I can call them whatever I want. I can create them wherever I want on my system as long as I have access to that folder because I'm using super user do, sudo, I'm able to create it within the media folder. Yeah. So I've created one called NAS. That's where we're going to put the mount point. That's where we're going to connect that network attached storage mm -hmm. within his system. Interesting fact is, is as soon as you mount something within your media folder, it's automatically going to create an icon on your desktop. So let's actually do that. I could do this one of so many ways. First way is we could go into, you know, we could just go and create through places. Um, let's see. I could just connect to a server, for example. I don't want to do that. Like I could go here and I can whatever. I'm going to actually use FSTab. I want to do this so that when you reboot your computer, it's going gonna, it's gonna to automatically be there. It's going to work. And it's going to work really, really well. And I want you to learn some of the cool, neat things mm -hmm. that you can do with Linux. So, Okay, so back at our terminal. There it is. We're going to do a couple things here. Now, we're, we're, we have an X session running, so we might as well utilize it. I'm going to go cd slash etc. There's a file in here called fstab, and that's your file system table. That's what stores all the information about your mount points. So now I'm going to go sudo, and watch what I'm going to do here, gedit fstab. So I'm actually launching a super user gedit window. The reason I use sudo is because I need to be able to edit this file, and this is a system file. I'm not by default, I don't by default have access to this file, okay, mm -hmm. as my user. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a new line, and we know that my server, so we're going to go slash slash like that, my server is 10.0.0.5, my share name is called category5, okay, space, now we're going to tell it where we're going to save it, where we're going to mount it. So I'm going to go media, slash media, slash, and we called it NAS. It is case sensitive. Okay, So I'm doing it like that. Then I'm going to go, um, I'm going to tell it what protocol we're going to use. 
SMBFS, which reminds me we, we may need to install that. If you don't have the Samba file system installed, you may have to go into terminal. Okay. sudo apt-get install SMBFS. I already have it installed. Already the newest version, you see that? Mm -hmm. But if you have any trouble, or maybe just do that as the first step, just to make sure, because it doesn't hurt anything to try it if you already have it. Okay? So there's my line so far, SMBFS. It means I'm going to mount the Samba file system. I'm going to be mounting this to a local local mount point. Okay? Mm -hmm. I need to set up a cred credentials file. Credentials equals, and let's put it into a folder that I don't normally have access to, because uh, we don't want people to necessarily find our credentials file. Okay, so we'll do that. UID, ah, this is basically your username on your system. If you're not sure of it, it's, it's going to be found up here, System Administration, Users and Groups. I'm the demo user. It's basically, you know, it's the name of my folder. <clears throat> you probably know what your UID is. For me, it's demo on this particular system. Then I need to use my group ID, which is GID, and it can pretty much be anything, but it's probably going to work as users. Um, you can change that if you want. Um, then there's two other options, whether you want uh, to dump the file system and your scan order, both of which are irrelevant to a Samba file share uh, or file system, so just leave those as zero, zero with spaces there so that they're not actually used. Okay. Save that file. This is my fstab file again. So that's what it looks like. It's telling it to grab from 10.0.0.5 slash category 5. And that can be a host name too, but I tend to use my IP address because I don't have to worry about DNS and stuff. Slash media slash NAS is my mount point. SMBFS as my file system type. Credentials equals etc slash samba slash cred file, which I still need to create. Comma UID equals demo demo comma GID equals users and then zero zero. Okay, mm -hmm. so we've saved that. Now the next step, of course, is we're going to actually create that credentials file. So all I have to do is just go new file. Remember, this is already a super user window, and so I'm going to go username equals Robbie. This is the user now. See, okay, let me explain. FS tab. This user is my computer system user on this computer. Okay. Here, what I'm doing is I'm creating the username and password on my NAS device. So this is the username and password for the share that I'm actually mounting. Password equals 12345, whatever it is. Okay. So I'm going to go save. <clears throat> and I'm going to actually save that to slash etc slash samba slash cred dash file. Because that's what I called the file when I yeah. specified it in there. Okay. So there it goes, and it's, it's good to go. So now I've done those two things. I'm going to close out of this. I've got my thing here, terminal. Don't reboot your computer. We've, I went through this with a, a viewer recently where they had made changes to their FSTAB file and rebooted their computer in order to see if it worked, but because they had corrupted something in their FSTAB file, which is your file system table, they actually lost access to their hard drive. Oh no! <laughs> I can't boot my computer. I'm absolutely messed. It's a mess. So I'm going to show you a little a little trick here. That's going to keep you safe. 
by actually testing your settings and actually creating your mount points. So I'm going to go sudo mount dash a. What that does is it grabs all the data from your FS tab file and actually mounts it. Hit enter. I didn't get an error, <laughs> which is good news. That tells me it sounds like, there it is, I've got a NAS device on my desktop, and if I click on it, it is exactly the same. There it is, 2011 logo. There it is. It is my Category 5 share on, this, on the network attached storage. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's how you set that up. Got that? Got that? <laughs> yeah. Rewind, <laughs> flip it back. Yeah. This is why we record these things for you, folks. Uh, excellent knowledge to have, though, and, and really, really helpful to really get into your FS tab file. For me, for example, my computer, if, if my hard drive were to crash, no big whoop. All of my documents, because remember, I can set anything as a mount point. Mm -hmm. So m my folder called Documents on my computer, it's my Documents folder, but it actually has an entry in FS tab, which points it to the server, which has redundancy and is backed up on a daily basis. Yeah. So every time I open my Documents, it's actually lo locating those files on the server. Mm -hmm. So you can do those kinds of things. Videos, if you don't want to store them on your internal hard drive and you want to put them on an external hard drive, so that, so that you can set up some kind of you know, weird RAID array or something so that you have more storage. You can set that up that way with a NAS, right? Mm -hmm. So many different things you can do with that. So thank you very much for the question. I hope that helps yourself and possibly others as well. All right. Uh, you mentioned there were more questions there. Is yeah, there was, um, they were asking, how can I move around items in the application bar? For example, I screenshot to show under graphics, not accessories, create new folders, etc. Okay, it depends on what, what distribution you're running. Now, I'm using a, a GNOME-based system. So for me, for example, just for the sake of the demonstration, if I right-click on Applications, which I'm going to assume maybe you're running GNOME too because you use the word Applications, go Edit Menus, okay? And this actually is a list of all the stuff, okay? So over here, Graphics. Let's say we want GNU Image Manipulation Program actually to go under Sound and Video. So I grab it and drag it and I put it over top of sound and video, and notice that it's going to make a copy. It's not going to move it. I let go. Okay. So now, under graphics, I have GIMP image editor, and under sound and video, I also have... There it is, GIMP image editor. Okay. So now over at graphics, I can do one of two things. Either I can just uncheck it so that I can always put it back easily if I want, because now it's disappeared from the menu. So now if I go applications, graphics, you'll notice that GIMP is gone. Okay, But if I go to sound and video, there it is. Okay, So that's my preferred method would be just to uncheck it. However, you can also highlight it and click on delete. And that will remove the old entry as well. Okay, So I am going to put that back as it was real quickly on my system because I know I'll <laughs> next demonstration <laughs> I'll be looking for it. And Garby will remind me that uh, oh, you moved it into sound and video. And I'll say, well, why did I do that? And then I'll watch back and it'll all come clear. All right. Thanks for the question. Mm -hmm. What else you got for me? All right, so. You enjoying yourself so far? Yeah, actually, as, as you're describing that, there was a spider on the wall. That's Wicked, <laughs> see? I told you I brought the spider. Like, oh my goodness, there's a spider. That's amazing. <laughs> Couldn't have planned that better. Yeah. You put it there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so if you see her like cringing back here. It's because there's a spider. Yeah. All right, so. It wasn't a tarantula, though. 
It was bigger. Was it bigger? Yeah. No. Scary. Black Widow. <laughs> so we have a question from Pink Panther. <clears throat> uh, my question hey, is... Pink Panther. <laughs> my question is my Ubuntu 11.10 when I install inside Windows 8 Pro. Already my pointing driver error. I can't use it. How can you help me? Hmm. Okay, I'm not sure that I entirely follow the question. But um, if you're talking about... Um, now, sometimes if you're running it as a virtual machine within Linux, can't quite understand that end of it. It sounds like you're running Ubuntu and you're installing Windows 8, but I, I'm wondering if you're maybe doing it as a virtual machine. If you're talking about mouse pointer integration with VirtualBox, so when you boot up the machine, it says that there's a problem with mouse pointer integration on that virtual machine, you can safely ignore that and it's okay. If, however, your mouse pointer is in fact disappearing in... Windows 8, which you know we could—that's neither here nor there. I'm I'm sure that there there are still some bugs that they're working out with the new mm -hmm. operating system because it hasn't officially been you know released yet. Um, but um, uh, what uh, what some people have encountered with with some of the bugs that have to do with the mouse pointer is it happens when let's say you have a full screen game or something running or full screen application. Some people have said, well, if you're using the new interface, switch to the old style interface and back again and it might work. Or mm -hmm. you may even bring up something simple as uh, a command prompt. Hit Alt-Enter, which is going to blow that up full screen. So now you're in text mode. And then hit Alt-Enter Alt -Enter again, and uh, it will bring it back down. See if that brings your mouse pointer back. And if not, you know, try something like Control-Alt-Delete on Windows 8. See if you have a mouse pointer when it comes up to the task manager um, and then close that and see if the mouse pointer stays active. But if it's mouse pointer integration on VirtualBox, you can safely ignore that. That's not a problem. So I hope the one of those is, is helpful to you. All right. Okay. Let us know, please. So we have another question from um, guest Terry. Uh, how can I add your feeds for video to XBMC? Okay. Uh, well, we have what are called RSS feeds, and the RSS feeds on our website allow you to basically use all different kinds of devices and systems, software aggregators and things like that. If you scroll down a little ways, you'll see this orange button here, which is the international logo for RSS feeds, or you can go to this show, and you'll see RSS feeds and subscriptions. Okay. Just for the sake of the demonstration, let's click on that orange button. That's going to take me over there. There are two different types of feeds that we offer. There's the main one, which is recommended. Those are in the left. And there's the alternate, which is not recommended, but is available to you if the main feed does not work for you. So start with the main feed. Find one that you like. So SD is for, let's say you have a smaller flat screen TV or you don't need HD. HD is going to be a larger file, slightly larger download, but that may be the one that you want is HD. So you would right click on that, copy link address, go over to XBMC, bring up the videos window, and within the video, I don't unfortunately don't have XBMC running so I can't show you, but uh, when you're in videos, you should see a button that allows you to add content to that. And the, the option will be to either browse for local content or to paste a URL or link or something. So then you would paste that link, which is going to look, you know, if I paste this up here, right now it looks like that, right? Something like that. So when you've clicked on add source, just paste that in and, uh, and that should work. That should work. Let us know. 
Love to hear from you. Thanks for the question. Are you ready? Because it is news time. Woohoo! I know you've been waiting. Hey, no. I put in a whole lot of words. To see how many times I pronounce things, things wrong that, or you know, stutter, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Chris Reich, are you ready, sir? All right. <laughs> Take it away. Okay. So, here are the top stories from the Category 5.tv newsroom. File sharing website, the Pirate Bay, has moved its servers to the cloud to frustrate attempts to take it offline. The site, which has been blamed for encouraging illegal file sharing, will now operate from cloud hosting providers around the world. It says the move will save money and make it harder for law enforcement agencies to shut it down. All attempts to attack us from now on is an attack on everything and nothing, it says. In 2006, police in Sweden raided the Pirate Bay, shutting down its servers and taking the site offline. The Pirate Bay now says its new cloud-based servers, which use the internet for storage, do not have to be hosted with the same provider or even on the same continent, making it impervious to attempts to close it down. Skype's video, t- and then Skype's video chat software has been re-engineered to radically cut its energy use on the upcoming Windows 8 operating systems. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> the application is designed to stop using the computer's central processing unit, CPU, when it is left to run in the background. It means users can receive calls or instant messages without the risk of exhausting their laptop battery. That's cool. Especially, I mean, it says laptop in the in the news story, but I'm thinking also uh, most things are tablets yeah. these days, and that's exactly what Windows 8 is going for. Yeah. So you want lots and lots of battery life. No kidding. Very good. I hate it when the battery dies and you're just in the middle of something. Yep. Like a chat conversation <laughs> yeah. on Skype. All right. So the move may help Skype compete against Uvu, Google Talk, and other rivals. Surgeons have carried out the first ever robotic open heart operations in Britain at the New Cross Hospital in, let me get this, Wolverhampton. Sounds right. (laughs) The Da Vinci robot is remotely controlled by surgeons who are given a high-definition view of the heart through a sophisticated camera. Doctors claim the operation is safer for patients than conventional surgery. A surgeon is given a 3D high-definition view of the heart and can move the arms of the robot using a control panel. Each time they move their hand three millimeters, the robot arm moves just one millimeter. Natalie Jones of Storebridge, 22, was the first patient to have the procedure to have a hole in her heart repaired. The robot can only be used sparingly because it is very expensive. Each of its four arms has tools costing 2,000 pounds, which have to be replaced after just 10 operations. Ouch. Question for you. Have you ever seen iRobot? I have. Oh, yeah. I remember? wanted to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you remember when the robots turned and turned nasty? Yeah. Could you imagine this thing coming after you? No kidding. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about having a robot doing open heart surgery. Yeah, but, but apparently it's good. Yeah. But I can't believe that price and that you can only use it 10 times and then, oh, guess what? Two, four, six, eight thousand pounds yeah. later. Well, I guess as the years I go by, they'll improve it so that it's not like every 10 operations, you'd yeah. think. I wonder what causes <laughs> Get that, Get better, though. yeah. It's like, wow, this is a multi-billion dollar project, but it's very mm-hmm. breakable. <laughs> Be careful. What if it like broke down in the middle of your surgery, though? <laughs> oh, no, is this surgery number 11? <laughs> did, did everybody replace the arms? <laughs> Goodness me. Wow. Scary stuff. How cool. So the last in the news is, now you can hail a taxi like it's 20, 2012. Passengers in Toronto using an 
boss and Android device can hail the closest taxi regardless of what company or route sign it has. The closest driver using the same app is alerted and has 20 seconds to confirm the pickup. Passengers know how long the driver will take, their name, phone number, and even a writing rating out of five. They can view Neat. the cab's location and also decide on the tip and payment method in advance. The app has been designed to link passengers with drivers while cutting out dispatchers and their fees. Halo is operating in Toronto, Ontario, London, England, and Dublin, Ireland, and hopes to expand into New York, Boston, and Chicago. Get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. Category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, this is, I'm Abigail Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to wrap that last part. Everybody yeah. in the chat room is, is making fun of me and saying, it was the tools that cost that much, not the robot itself. And I, and yeah, but it's still a crazy expensive robot to, expensive. to do surgeries. But how cool. Thank you, Abigail. Thanks, Jot. <laughs> chat room's going wild. Excellent job. I, it's like a round, resounding applause in the chat room. Well done. Hey, tonight we've got some exciting stuff. We're going to be looking at Zorin OS, Ubuntu 12.10, and let's see that thing that you got over there again. That thing, you know. If you've got your ballots, <clears throat> if you've got your ballots handy, check this out. This is the Draco headset from Thermaltake TT Esports. I think it... It is an esports device. Yeah, I saw Chayo, and I was like, it, it is esports, right? Yeah, I know. They're gorgeous. I don't, mm -hmm. Can you see those? They're amazing. Can you imagine, like, sitting, listening with them on. Oh, then you'd be the coolest kid sure. around. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. So stick around. Uh, have your ballots ready. Uh, if you're at our fifth anniversary show, um, you'll be able to qualify for that. Cool. D did we have, right. now, not to get into more questions, but do we have more questions just. Yeah, it There's looks like we've, we've got really all your lengthy, questions, folks, yeah. and we're, we're doing our best to, to make sure we attend to mm -hmm. as many of them as we possibly can. Uh, we're going to take a look at, at our feature tonight, and uh, if there's time, maybe we'll come back to a couple questions. So just have that at the ready. Um, all right. We'll do our best. And join us in the chat room, Category 5 on Freenode. We'd love to have you there. So today, a little bit earlier, Abigail, I actually took the liberty of installing side-by-side -side using VirtualBox, because VirtualBox is brilliant for this. I installed side-by-side -side Ubuntu 12.10, mm -hmm. as well as Zorin OS 6. Wanted to see, you know, is there a difference in the install process? And trying to look at it from an end-user standpoint. Now, Ubuntu and Zorin OS are both Linux-based operating systems. You can download them for free. Now, the Zorin OS that I want to use is called the Ultimate Edition. So it's something that you pay, I think it's 10 euros for. Mm -hmm. to donate to the project to help them through. Now, I do notice that Ubuntu with 12.10, they're, in fact, soliciting donations as well. So it's becoming more and more common. So when I talk about Zorin OS, you know, wanting a 10, a 10 euro donation, well, now you go to Ubuntu and you go to Get Ubuntu Desktop and tell it what one you want. And the first thing that you see is they're actually soliciting more donations. So you don't have to donate. You can say, not now, take me to the download, and that'll get you there. But So just, just to say that you know, it is becoming more and more common for distributions to say, you know what, help us out. 
help us, you know, here Ubuntu is saying, okay, well, or Canonical is saying, well, you can help make the desktop more amazing and actually put your $2 toward the desktop, mm -hmm. for example. Now, Zorin OS's approach is a little bit different. They just say 10 euros if you want the best that we have to offer. It's got everything kind of out of the box and it works. Yeah. It's got MP3 playback, Flash, all that stuff. You don't have to monkey with any hidden stuff in the, the repositories. It's all just there out of the box. Or if you don't want to spend the 10 euros, you can download the free version. It's a little stripped back, but it'll get you there. It'll get you up and running. So both are very, very good products. Installing them side by side, let's, let's take a look at uh, how this went down. So I actually accelerated this quite substantially. So Ubuntu is on the left, and Zorin OS is on the right. So you can see immediately that Ubuntu got to the installation a little bit faster, has a nice desktop background as opposed to Zorin's just plain gray background. But the installers themselves are pretty much identical. So now, see, Zorin OS has got some fancy video stuff going on. Not that that really matters, but it's kind of sleek. I like some of the things that they're doing. Going through this process, Abigail, uh, what I'm finding is that Linux is no longer an elite operating system to install. You could download this and install this on your computer. Let's say you, you have Windows on your system and you're not, you don't really care if you hold on to Windows as long as you've got something that will get you online and, and get you up and running. So you could download either one of these and be up and running in as long as it's taking on your screen here. With the acceleration, you'll see it took about, I think, 10, 15 minutes to install. I didn't I, I unfortunately I didn't make note of what time it was that we started there. People who are watching back will see the actual real time. That clock is the real time clock from the top right of my screen. You see the installation process is extremely simple for both products. Again, Ubuntu 12.10, their latest on the left, which was released just last week. And on the right is Zorin OS, which Zorin OS is a, a LTS release. It's based on 12.04, and that means that it has five years of support. Now, Ubuntu is finished installing, and so I said, let's reboot, but then it froze during the reboot process. No problem. There we go. Okay, now Zorin OS is done. Zorin OS went through the reboot, no problem, so I just actually kicked the Ubuntu system into a full reboot. Ubuntu booted up a little bit faster and is in. And there we go. Up and running. <laughs> just like that. So in, in a matter of you know, about 15 minutes, I was able to install both operating systems. You could install just one or the other. So tonight, what I want to do is I, I want to kind of bring up each one of these, take a little bit of a look at what each one is. So this is Ubuntu 12.04. Now, unfortunately, it's true that Ubuntu is not performing very well under VirtualBox. When I click on something, and we've had this happen on the show before, where we really want to demo Ubuntu, but it does not work very well mm. in a virtual machine. That shouldn't be a deciding factor for Ubuntu because it's unfortunate. It's the way that it will appear to you on the screen. It will seem slow, but is Ubuntu actually slow? I don't think so. Not, not when it's installed as a native operating system on your computer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually going to run quite well. Mm -hmm. But it's different. It feels like it's a touchscreen designed operating system. You'll see that everything's kind of down on the left. Your mm -hmm. dash home here takes you into this dash where you, in fact, kind of search for the applications that you want. Mm -hmm. I don't pretend to know my way around Unity very well because I actually I had it installed on my 
on my office system mm -hmm. when Unity was fairly young. That was my production system. Uh, it was an Ubuntu system, and I, after about two or three months of running it, just decided this is not for me. Yeah. And that's, that's me. I, I'm not into this at all. Uh, so if I wanted to run Firefox, of course, I would just type in fire... F-O-X, and it starts searching. And it also searches out on the web, and it searches um, for applicable things that are available. There we go. We've got movie suggestions with the word Firefox in them that it gets off the Internet. Um, what is nice about Unity in that regard with the search features of the Dash Home, right out of the box, it will use, you know, if you've got a video library that it's connected to, it will search your, your videos. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this all-in-one search that instantly gets you access to anything. But then if I want to just launch Firefox, I just kind of click on it there. Very, very, I'm not giving you a tutorial on how to use Unity, that, <laughs> that by any means. But you can see the difference here. As a Windows user, stepping into something like this, or mm -hmm. uh, myself as a, as a Linux user, I have trouble with this, with this design. Mm -hmm. would, would you, I guess it would it, take some getting used to. Definitely, for you sure. You should get used to it. Um, the windows. My <laughs> wife runs Unity on her system. She's running Ubuntu 12.04. And she has Unity. She has gotten to the point where she where it's usable. But really, you know, all of the the most commonly used applications happen to be on the the panel on the left. Yeah. So she doesn't really use the dash a whole lot. She mm -hmm. just uses the panel. So a pretty simple use case. Um, for a power user, I don't, I don't know how you would like it. I'd love to hear in the chat room what you think about that kind of uh, desktop, that kind of interface. Now I'd like to actually take a look at Zorn OS and, and keeping in mind that, yes, Unity, Ubuntu don't perform very well in this particular scenario, but Zorn OS really does. I don't think that that should be a deciding factor, though. Mm -hmm. This is Zorn OS version 6. Out of the box, it looks very, very similar to what? Well, like Windows, right? Windows 7, kind of, eh? Yeah. Um, has a very, very similar feel to Windows 7, but it has the organizational structure of Linux, which I love, because if you click on Internet, for example, there are your, all your Internet applications. There's no clutter. There's no subfolders and, uh, and subfolders and subfolders and readmes and uninstallers and this and that. And all that kind of junk, it's just, it's nice and clean. So mm -hmm. now to click on Google Chrome, I would assume that it's just going to bring up Chrome. What do I want to do? Make Google Chrome my default, uh, automatically send usage. Okay, well, let's start Google Chrome. First time I've ever run it, right? This is a clean install. Mm -hmm. There we go. Just Up and running pretty quick. Yeah. I think for me, uh, we've talked about it on the show. Um, chat room, you can tell us your thoughts. But one of the things about Zorn OS is that it really seems to me like a really excellent um, introduction to Linux for users. But not only that, it is a powerful Linux operating system that would allow power users to enjoy themselves. Uh, it's very customizable. Um, it's very not locked down like Unity mm -hmm. is. Uh, and I'm not doing Unity hating. I'm just <laughs> uh, my personal opinion and, and the experience today of, of actually doing this. Um, Smitty Smith is complaining that Zorn OS 6, you, you can't have a true classic GNOME interface. So is it GNOME 3 then, I wonder? Um, it does include some pretty interesting features. I like this because it feels like the kind of distro that is kind of, it keeps the user in mind a little bit more. It's not pushing you toward any kind of one or the other thing. It's, it's 
a user environment that is designed for the user. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think if you're used to Windows too, like that looks Much like I think that's something I'd have better luck working sure. than the uh, yeah. the other one. I'm gonna click on GNOME 2 in Zorn Look Changer and let's see what happens here. So I would say that is awfully close. I mean, there is their GNOME 2 kind of mock-up. Mm -hmm. So you see with Zorin OS, you can make it look like any distro or any operating system. It's It's got even the ability to look like Unity, apparently. So I guess whatever you're comfortable with, Zorin OS gives you the option. I don't know if Unity doesn't work on... Oh, here it comes. Oh, look at that. Wow. <laughs> so it's actually kind of similar. It's kind of creepy. Huh. Let's get out of that real quick. Even Windows 2000, Mac OS 10, Windows XP kind of styling. So coming from any different operating system, different distribution, I think Zorin OS really gives you a chance to try to, to tweak it. That's out of mm -hmm. the box allowing you to just simply change the way that it looks. You know, if you prefer Windows XP, the look. Well, here you go. But I do like the GNOME 2 feature as well. Is that, does that, for the viewer who was saying that, the, that there is no, like, Smitty Smet, do you think that that looks pretty close, the classic GNOME, when I did it? Let's take a look at, this is the Windows XP mode. So, all applications. There you go. Pretty close. Mm -hmm. That's smart, I gotta say. I mean... For any user who says to you, you know, oh, I can't try Linux because I, I can never get used to it. Unity is just too weird. Well, here you go. Okay, so here's the GNOME 2 again, the GNOME 2 version. It's, it's a mock-up of, you know, to look like GNOME 2. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's pretty good. What do you guys think in the chat room, everybody? So back at... Ubuntu. So the installation of either or were brilliant. Both of them were really, really simple to do. During the installation of Ubuntu, I had to say, yes, I want to install things like MP3 support and download my updates and things. Zorin OS just did it all because it knew that I want a fully operating, uh, operating system. Mm -hmm. Everything is there, everything's in place, and it's good to go. So... I'm not making any decisions tonight. I'm, not, I'm just kind of showing you what things look like out of the box. What would you say, Abby, as a... as a? Now, I know you're a Windows user, so I mm -hmm. would think that you're going to lean towards Zorin OS. Yeah, I would, definitely. Um, yeah, it just... I mean, you can pick different ways to have it, too. Like, you get, you could get used to the other ways, but... Sure. I mean, it's close to Windows 7, which is what I use, so... So if we switch to Windows 7 mode with Zorin Look Changer... Then it's not so confusing. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks awfully... It's not, a, it's not a mockery of Windows 7. It's not insulting to mm -hmm. Linux. It's really just, it makes it easier for people to migrate, I think. Yeah. Definitely. But you can also switch it too if you want to do like the Unity style or Mac or whatever style you yeah, want, exactly. right? Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, neat. Yeah, cool. I like that one. <laughs> she likes that one, folks. It's got my approval. <laughs> so if somebody says to you, well, I, I want to try Linux, but I'm afraid to because the it's so much different or, or something like that. Maybe this is a good opportunity for you mm -hmm. to try. I don't know that Unity is there yet. I don't know if it will be. I feel like it's 
it's still too far of a stretch. But maybe when Windows 8 comes out and people start to get used to those types of interfaces that are that feel more like they're designed for touch, yeah, maybe that'll change things. But I still like the thought of a, a nice desktop operating system yeah. to be you know mouse operated and to operate that way. Are we getting much feedback in the chat room at all? Yeah, just JP people. is saying that they're going to definitely try Zorn OS. Mm-hmm. Um, give it a try. Absolutely. I'll give you the links in the show notes for episode number uh, 266. Ubuntu, of course, is ubuntu.com. Zorin OS is zorin-os.com. As I was saying, you can download it for free if you would like. Okay, Or you can go premium and you can do what I've done and get that ultimate edition, which gives you a lot of bonus stuff. And it's only, there it is, as a download for 10 euro. Okay. Awesome. So whatever you think, yeah. Linux is a, a, an alternative to Microsoft Windows. It gives you the opportunity to run something that's free on your system. And by free, I mean freedom as well as sometimes price. You can get free versions of Zorin OS. You can get free versions of Ubuntu. But when I say free, I'm talking about the freedom to actually own your own computer legitimately. Microsoft Windows, I mean, remember Windows XP, you wanted to make it customize the look and you yeah. had to install window blinds because Microsoft does not let you change the look of the operating system. Yeah. It's, it's like you're, you're still tied down. You don't realize until you get that freedom to, mm-hmm. to change the look and to really impact that. Not that it's all about the look, it's about the freedom to be able to change if you want to make it a little bit more custom. No viruses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to worry about that kind of thing, uh, which is brilliant. Well, it'd be good even to just to like experiment to see if you like it, yeah. like the different it styles. So. If you're afraid to try it for real, do what I've done and just install VirtualBox and install it in a virtual machine. Give it a try. Like I said, Zorin OS does perform a lot better in VirtualBox than Ubuntu does, but Ubuntu does perform well as a native operating system. That's just the way that it seems to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Rob Rob Gore in the chat room just mentioned you know the malware <laughs> and spyware, pop-ups, viruses, all that stuff isn't an issue. So if you're on Windows and you have those problems and you're sick of them, you can switch to Zorin OS, for example, or Ubuntu and still have a great experience. You're still using the same internet browser if you want. You can use Firefox or Chrome or whatever, and uh, you're, it's a great experience, mm-hmm. but none of that stuff. So, Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for your comments in the chat room. I'm going to watch back over the, uh, over the chat logs. Uh, after the show and if you'd like to check out the chat logs you can check out the IRC logs uh, on our website category5.tv for episode number 266 we've got an awesome prize to give away it is time (laughs) she's like hey congratulations to our prize winner so far Uh, I'm I was pleased to talk to Carly who picked up the uh, the awesome thermal take bag last week the, uh, the, the that amazing laptop bag I'm trying to remember it's like a it, the name is awesome. The Battle Dragon Bag. That was the one that went out last <laughs> week. So uh, really excited to have everybody participating in the prize giveaways. Now get your ballots ready. You picked up a ballot at our fifth anniversary show. So get that number out. You want to? Yeah. yeah. Run. <laughs> All right. Can you guys see these? Oh, yeah. Those are awesome. Well, shake it up. Shake it up. Get it up here. Here, let's. Here we go. We're starting to get kind of slim on ballots here, folks, so get those ready. If you've still got a ballot, this could be you. All right. 
Not for peeking. Draco, <laughs> set of headphones from TTE Sports, ThermaltakeUSA.com. Right. They're worth over 100 bucks. They're amazing. What do we got? All right. So the winner is 865-685. 865-685. You're the winner of these Draco headphones from TTE Sports, ThermaltakeUSA.com. Thank you to Thermaltake for sending these in for your listening pleasure. All you have to do is pop us an email live at category5.tv this week. Uh, You've got 30 days to claim your prize. Make sure you hold on to that ballot. We're going to need to see it. And uh, pop us an email live at category5.tv to claim that. Or give us a phone call, 2545-CAT5-TV. Thanks, Abigail. Thanks, everybody. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And Abigail Smith. (laughs) It's Abigail, folks. You yeah. can check out her bio on our website, category5.tv. Click on uh, About Us and you'll see our uh, our team. And uh, Abigail's bio is there. Awesome. Gpop7 says, that's not yep. my number. Then watch next week <laughs> when we have other prizes to give away. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody. We've got time for possibly one more quick question. Quick if question. You, well, if you've got one that seems like it may be a fast one. Let's Thanks, everybody. See. Hey, this question might be yours, Albert. <laughs> How do I know? What do we got? Make more mistakes. <laughs> Chat room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm just trying to find one. We have we have a long one. No quickies, eh? Oh, uh, what's Ooh. the picture there? We love receiving pictures. Oh, one of our viewers there. Mm-hmm. Dennis Kelly, watching us, uh, watching Category 5 TV in Texas. I'm going to see if I can bring that up on my screen here. Dennis Kelly, always a pleasure to have you here. And uh, everybody who's, who's joining us tonight, thank you very, very much for being here with us. Let's see if I can bring this up. I'm going to save this to my desktop just because we try to keep your email addresses private here. Dennis Kelly! Watching the show from Texas. Well, hello there, Dennis <laughs> Kelly. Good to see you. Hello. Yeah, thanks for sending in the picture. And uh, yeah, I see uh, the show up there. Looks like you've got a, a netbook or something down below for chat room and good little setup there for you. So thanks, everybody, for, uh, for watching the show tonight. Um, that's you know pretty much all the time we have. We've got yeah. a couple moments, so we Two can talk minutes. a little bit about you. A little bit uh, about me again? Yeah. Going back to the interview? Yeah. Um, what do I know? We, we, need to, we need to say these things. Okay. You can, you can say that. I will say this. <clears throat> she, she needs to say that. <clears throat> Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Hmm. And the International Association of Internet Broadcast... Ers. Ers. Uh, thanks to uh, all of our affiliates and sponsors Uh, we we love everybody for being a part of the show and uh, I just want to give big shouts out and thanks to Cordery Electric tonight uh, the official electrical company of Category 5 Technology TV for all of their help with the show also get your free one month trial of Netflix at cat5.tv slash Netflix Uh, And uh, do keep watching our website. Uh, We've got lots of wonderful sponsors uh, who take care of the show and and are here to keep it going for you. Um, So that, uh, you know, this this is a free service for you, the viewers, and that's the way we keep it. So, uh, But that said, we do accept and appreciate all the donations that have been sent in. 
Uh, I want to say thank you to those who have sent in donations this week and over the past little while. Um, it's really what keeps the show mm-hmm. going and, and keeps everything strong here. Um, and looking around, I mean, it's it's a cool cool setup, and we we do our best to have a a, a nice looking show and and to have a lot of fun with you and answer your questions. So, awesome. Uh, GWG was just asking if you were going to talk about Les Mis. Or uh, well, you GWG you were was to. saying that well, no, I want to check it out, but I uh, was saying that Les Mis is coming to musical video production. Like like the one with Anne Hathaway. You, kinda, is that what it is? Well, I, I, I saw the trailer I, I saw for the, one. Okay, see, I haven't. I seen was really that. excited. I would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I saw Les Mis, um, the original movie, I was disappointed that it wasn't the musical because I had seen the musical as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And and fall, fallen in love with it. So then when I saw the movie, I was expecting the musical, and it wasn't the musical. It was still fantastic, but it was the story. It wasn't the musical. I think this is the musical one because when so you watch the trailer, it. they're singing and all that stuff. Yeah. How cool <laughs> is that? So I I can't wait to see that. I mean, I love the the Phantom of the Opera and what they did with that. So yeah. if it's anywhere near that level of quality, I'll, I'll be very very pleased. So thanks for the tip, GWG. Everybody's gonna go Google or YouTube the uh, the trailer now <laughs> yeah. for Les Mis that I have. That's going to be fantastic. Can't wait. Gpop7, nice to see you. Invincible Mutant, thanks for being here. Garby, wonderful having you here tonight live. Emil1976, Albert R. M- I almost said Emil1976 the second time, like in, in that amount of time. Led Zepp. Led Zepp. Yazid1965. Yeah, nice having everybody here. Great having you here. Hope you had fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, did you yeah. enjoy yourself tonight? It was fun. I'm kind of like dying with these lights, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, fun. All right. It's awesome. Good, well, thanks oh, for being here. Awesome link. <laughs> there you go. Hey, we've already got the uh, IMDb there uh, for Lings It Up. Fantastic. Okay, everybody have a fantastic week. We're going to be back next week. Sasha Dermatis is going to be joining me here in studio but you won't recognize her because it's our Halloween special. So don't miss it next Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, right here, Category5.tv. Have a fantastic week. See you, bud. See you. Right, bye. Have a good night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.